0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's Geeks Pub time. I am Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello, first of the year. First podcast of 2023 for us. I'm looking forward to a much better 2023 than I did in 2022 because it was kind of a bad year, you know, family-wise for us. Julie's dad passed. We lost both of our dogs. Uh, Not great, you know? Yeah. So we're looking forward to moving on from um, a sad 2022. For us, it was even worse than, you know, the, the first year of COVID. Yeah, uh, I get you. Because we didn't lose anybody during COVID, but, you know, da- her her father uh, struggled with dementia for the last few years, and it was progressively getting worse. So it wasn't that it was unexpected, but that doesn't make it any more sad or tragic loss. No, it doesn't, No, especially when it's somebody very close. Yeah, and she was very close to her dad, and you know um we looking forward from the geeks perspective 20 or looking back from the geeks perspective 2022 is a pretty damn good year though yeah we we got a lot of uh new stuff in 2023 and i think that 20 or sorry 2022 but i think 2023 is shaping up to look pretty dang good as well
1: yeah we've got that we're getting that um kind of reacceleration of stuff after uh, after the slowdowns that were caused by the pandemic
0: so yeah people that, got to remember it. you know anything that that was filming in like 2020 would have came out last year you know what i mean it takes usually 12 months of development minimum to get yeah. things after it's filmed to the theater or to a streaming service or what have you uh, or video games for that matter so what we're going to be getting in 2023 is stuff that they started working on in 2021 and 22 when, you know, the masks were coming off, people were, could gather together and work and collaborate. So I, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about 2023.
1: Cool. Yeah, it should be, Let's should hope. be good. There's a lot, a lot of new stuff coming out.
0: A lot of new stuff. Um, last episode, we were talking quite a bit about... Um, henry cavill out as superman and you were not happy about it and i was i don't want to say indifferent i like i like henry as superman and we've got a ton of movies to look back on with him in it but i am looking forward to dc writing their ship and doing something different and yeah. so far it does look like james gunn is kind of in charge over there. I mean, he really does seem to be saying, no, this is the direction we're going. He's not playing politics. He's not showing any allegiance to what came before. Look, they've got a slate of movies coming out this year. That's going to be, you know, was created and filmed and edited and, and all of that pre James Gunn, but he's still going to get the blame for some of this stuff. If it's bad.
1: Well, I think, and, and I think last time we, we, we spoke, um, Cavill's position was a little bit up in the air in that um, he'd appeared in the cameo for uh, Black Adam Yep. and he he'd publicly announced uh, and it subsequently uh, came to the thing that he was encouraged to do this by Warner Brothers Studios that he was t- staying on the Superman um, and yet um, we've not heard exactly how that fit into James Gunn's plans and I think what happened is between that last show and this show, you and I were having online discussions because it came out he had been effectively told... Well, he he then had to come out and say, well, I've, I've been told I'm not coming back at Superman. Um, and uh, James Gunn did a certain amount of damage control after that by saying he'd met with him and they talked about his potential future and that sort of thing. But what annoyed me and what you and I were talking about on text, and and yeah, I think I would agree that you were less bothered about this than I, I was, was... I and I don't blame James Gunn for this. I blame the higher-ups in in the Warner Brothers studios for this. Yep. Um in that when he made that announcement, I I think it was the end of the end of October. He basically did it as he said because Warner told him that he was going to come back as Superman and that he should announce that. And he did that even though he was he wasn't promoting Black Adam he was promoting, um, I think, his latest Netflix gig, which was the Anola Holmes show that he's in. Yes, uh, t- uh, movies and he was promoting that. He was asked naturally asked about the cameo, and he said, "Yeah, ca- I've been, you know, I can I can announce I'm coming out of Superman." He did a thing on social media and that sort of thing. Um, and then within a couple of weeks of that, uh, James Gunn joined DC, uh, and um, then he was he was forced to re- re- retract that statement because it was wrong um and what bothered me about it was that there is no way on earth that warner brothers didn't realize that could happen and yet they still encouraged him to,
0: I don't think well, you, you understand told, how Hollywood really works.
1: No, right? I under, No, no I'm, no, I'm 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 really going to push back on this, Tim. i really am. I know exactly
0: how Hollywood I works. I don't think you right? do. That
1: doesn't that doesn't mean it's right. Oh, that's right? a different
0: that's a different topic, but that's
1: No, well, that. Is that what I'm right complaining or not? That, that's right, right. that's how let the me, Hollywood let me, works. Me, because we've already done this on on tech. So let me Lay out my position exactly before you come back, okay? Which is that they knew full well that they were going to hire James Gunn. No, they didn't. To take over the DCU at the end of October. You don't put a deal like that. It, it was it was a few weeks away. You don't put a deal like that in place in just a couple of weeks. Yes, you do. And if, even if you're thinking about finding somebody to take over the universe, which obviously they were because they hired James Gunn and Safran. I forget what his first name is. Yeah. It is not. It's not a good idea to. I don't think to tell an actor. Oh, go out and say that you're still doing this because you know we're we're telling you we're going to keep you on as Superman, right? Knowing full well that that actually, you're you're going to give control of that somebody else and that you might have to retract that statement. They only did it because they were trying to juice. Um, ticket sales for Black Adam which at that point it was becoming clear was going to be a financial disappointment to the studio it's qu- ov- perfectly obvious now whether that's the game or or whatever it is and whether Henry Cavill um, is, is annoyed about that or not I don't know personally I know that if, I, if I was in that position where I made a big announcement at the behest of the studio without a deal in place but they said don't worry we're going to sort this out right and so we, uh, you know and they say please please go out and tell everyone this they'll be excited and you do that and then a few weeks later they say oh by the way um yeah we we, we uh a couple of weeks ago we hired some guys who are going to take over dc and they want to have a conversation with you and you have that conversation and they go yeah sorry um we've no intention of using your superman again you know we've got our own ideas and fun and i don't have a problem with james gun coming in and saying he doesn't want to He doesn't want to keep Henry Cavill on the Superman. I really don't. As as you and I talked about last time, that is his prerogative as now the head of DC movies to say, I don't want to go in that direction with Superman. The problem I have with is studio execs in Warner a few weeks before they signed the deal to take on somebody new to run DC universe uh, movies saying to Henry Cavill. Oh yeah, you're definitely uh, staying on the Superman. Please let everyone know. Um, And then making the guy look like a chump because they did and uh you know i'm sure he had some strong words with his agent about you know um about being told that something's definitely because i'm sure his agent said oh don't worry it's a done deal done we just need to sign the paperwork uh and then and then he's he's then told it's not i i'm quite sure he recognizes the, the game as well but let's face it the guy um Resigned from his other job, which was the uh, lead on The Witcher, because he was told he was going to be doing Superman.
0: No, he already um, dis- he already said that's not true. But go well,
1: on. He, what what he says um, and what actually happened are two different things.
0: Well, right. Well, I'll I'll start with your latest. He left The Witcher because he was very unhappy with the. He was been a big fan of the Witcher series for a long time, the video game stu- stuff. And he was a big proponent of doing it. Um, he didn't really like the first two seasons cause they were diverging so much from the, the video game canon that he loved so much and it was only going to get worse season three. They already told him they're completing, it's nothing to do with the video game. They're going their own direction and he was not happy. He warned them that if they did that, he is going to leave the project. They called his bluff, except it wasn't a bluff and nothing to do with Superman at all. Nothing. Yeah. Um, And 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 so he left. He wasn't happy with the direction the franchise was going. He didn't like the writing. He didn't like the. He was just unhappy with the project. Ah, He wanted to stay true to the canon. He's come out and said this,
1: right? I'm sure he. I'm sure he has. Um, If if I were in his position now, having been made to look like uh, Chump, I would be doing. You keep keep saying that. I don't
0: think that's true.
1: And well, of course I, I it is. He,
0: you, I don't right, think if you he really totally, if, I'm sorry, if
1: I make an announcement to the world that I'm going to do something with big fanfare, and everyone's really excited about it, and then a few weeks later I've come out and say, oh yeah, guys, you know that big announcement I made? I've now been told it's not true. It doesn't yeah. make him look yeah. like a chump. Of course it makes him look like a chump. No, it doesn't. Yeah, because he took the studio... It makes him look like a chump because he took the studio at their word, and then they screwed him. Right, it still makes him look like a chump. I still say I'm you sorry. don't really
0: understand how Hollywood works. You say that the oh. James Gunn thing couldn't have came together that quickly. Actually, that's exactly how Hollywood works. Well, so it, yeah, but you it, also it have to think of Warner right. Brothers as a corporate conglomerate. Now, no, I'm not thinking own, of that. You know what? I'm they sorry. They are. They've got no. Well, let me got finish four. now. I let you go. Now you be right, quiet. Okay. Let me finish. All
1: right. Fine. Okay.
0: So, so they're a big corporate conglomerate, and they've got a lot of things underneath them. And each one is their own little fiefdom. That's how it works. That's how it's worked for the last 15 years. And unfortunately, when they decided, you know what, Black Adam is a a massive failure. Uh, We need a new direction. They've been trying to ape Marvel for so long, but as we all know, they, they jumped the gun. They, they did things a hundred percent, 180 of what they should have done. So when they pulled the trigger, it probably came together within a matter of days. That's how these things in Hollywood work. I've, I've read enough books. Well, listen to audiobooks, I should say I didn't actually read them on how Hollywood does work. And that's exactly how it does work. So you get a new creative people at the top. They clean house. So the Warner Brothers that you're thinking of was decimated. And these guys are bringing in their own people. They will shuffle people in and out from other divisions of Warner that had nothing to do with D.C. before. And they want to clean house. They want to start over. They want to go in a new creative direction. Now, I do blame Warner corporate for allowing the current regime at DC at the time to make these announcements without any warning that they're thinking about gutting that division and starting over. But by the same token, I don't know if the people at DC at the time realized that this was, this was imminent, that this was going to probably happen. And That's kind of Hollywood, though. These things change literally overnight. I mean, overnight. This actor's in, this actor's out. This creative team's in, this creative team's out. They fire this writer. They bring another writer in. Nothing's been written because they just made the decision because it was going horribly wrong. Is that good business practice? I don't think so. I think it's terrible. I think it's bad for actors. I think it's bad for directors. When studio executives who have zero creative anything makes these kind of decisions based on business it's probably a pretty bad way of doing it i i I think that if it wasn't the entertainment industry where there was fans of the work itself it would completely fail you couldn't run a company like this you just couldn't a a normal company but that's how hollywood works that's how it's worked for many many years so when you say they knew that this was coming i don't agree well but look how good that's going, you know? Yeah, I know. And now the people oh. at, at Tesla, right. the investors at Tesla, are really pissed. Their yeah. stock is tanking. Uh, they were just named the worst when it came to reliability and consumer reports. I mean, yeah. everything at Tesla right now is on fire. And where the hell is Elon Musk? He's tweeting. Tweeting. Yeah. What an idiot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so abso- Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I think that's how Hollywood I both, is.
0: I mean, that, yeah, it's just I, it is. Inherent, and you, the thing is... Henry Cavill knows how Hollywood works. He's been there yeah. for a decade and a half. He knows how it works. Yeah, he should I, I, not well, have said anything without a deal in place. Well, That's I, I I'm him. sure, I'm sure he's learned that lesson. Well, Absolutely. yeah, you only got to get stung by a bee one time before you know you yeah. don't like bees.
1: Yeah, I, I, am sure he's, I'm sure he's uh, learnt that lesson. And I, and I think part of uh, if if you are going to criticize anybody in this is is you know I I think. And because he, he should is fire his some, agent. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely, um, and I'm sure strong words were had there. But the but the other thing is, is I think I think what what uh, what you could speculate is because he is such a fan. I mean, he's he's a geek like
0: us. He is hundred percent. Yeah, he has despite a YouTube thing he, where he built a gaming PC. He's awesome. exactly, I, exactly, I love Henry yeah. Cavill. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. This is not a yeah, critique no, absolutely. of him and, and, in and, any way. And, and, I love and the guy. Maybe
1: Maybe in this case, he got caught up in the hype of the fact that, you know, he was still going to be Superman, Mm -hmm. and that that coloured his reactions. But I I think you and I agree on the fundamentals. I think where we disagree is is exactly where the blame lies. My view on it is that Warner Brothers... The new Warner Brothers, the David Zaslav run Warner Brothers, that that was formed when Discovery took Warner over. Yeah, which already is only six form.
0: months ago. Yeah,
1: but they already have form in this area because they've done it before. They stiffed the guys who did the Batgirl, the Batwoman movie.
0: Exactly. So right? why would you in believe exact- anything they tell you if you're Henry, yeah. Henry Cavill? Yeah. Uh, well. Well. Okay. Fair
1: enough. I'll, I, I. think I. I think I accept that. And what I. What I. I think you and I both agree on is that it's. It's a lousy way to treat people 100 it's a it's a lousy way to treat the people who are actually the, uh in in many cases the people who who help bring the fans to your product by, you know what's not
0: lazy you know what's not lousy what grand theft auto 3 <laughs> and that was the music that we started the show with which yeah. i'm sure people are listening going this is fascinating guys but what's that music you were playing what, what the hell was that yeah so that's what i said to you because i i
1: wasn't familiar with it not as steeped in gta lore as you are
0: um yeah i love gta of course uh i haven't played it in a while other than the remastered thing when that came out like a year ago i think i don't even remember now um when gta 3 came out i wasn't in video games at the time uh it was a year after that when they came out with gta it was still gta 3 but it was gta vice city that's the one that pulled me back into video games Went out and bought a PS2. Spent the first night, literally all night long, playing it. It was amazing. And then it was after I beat that game, or I think I beat it. I can't even remember now. That I went back and got GTA Three because people were like, "Oh, it's just as good." It's the I didn't like it as much, but it was set in New York, and the music that we played at the to me it it feels like New York when you hear it. That kind of jazzy mobster type of thing. And the beginning of the game, if you just start the game and don't do anything and just let it run, it goes into the intro credits and stuff. And that's the music with the sliding panels. And it's very kind of a, a noir type of, uh, vibe to it. I always liked it. I, the song's okay, but it is original music for the video game. And it's pretty damn good music for a video game yeah you know?
1: and, and it it really has that kind of um you know that uh new york gangster thing to it. it's like very soprano, soprano- yeah. yeah
0: it's yeah. like they're they live in the 90s but they're into all the stuff from the 50s kind of thing yeah 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 i it's it's good music though i, I give them credit for that it's unique it's different um i don't know how many video games would go that route with music nowadays though I mean not, yeah, not that I don't know. they would do big orchestra things or take the latest pop songs and that sort of thing but this was just you know jazzy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no it's it's very much fits the uh I I mean I I think I think it underscores what a what a, a really break in um in video games and what you know how revolutionary gta 3 was when it came out because it was it was the first time you really had a proper well something that felt like a proper living open world yeah and, there was and nothing like
0: the, it before
1: yeah and 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 the the uh you know if you're gonna go that route you i mean the, you know the gta games have always been great with the music because they've got the radio stations which are also always on point in terms of the uh, fake music they've got in those um and uh, and yeah all of it is a it's they recognize that if you wanted to make a real living open world not only did it have to be populated with you know proper characters and buildings and and really thought out in terms of that but it, the atmosphere it had had to be right as well yeah um and uh, you know certainly by uh, by modern standards gta3 looks far more primitive but nevertheless it really broke the mold in terms of making that real I mean, I've really been struck struck by that because I'm I'm playing the uh, the Spider-Man game at the moment, which is fantastic. It's amazing, you know. You can really see the links from that to from that to back to GTA Three because it's uh, you know it's just that that same sort of thing, just built on a much larger scale.
0: Yeah, I mean everything gets better over time when it comes to you know the graphics, you know how realistic it looks, the scale, the scale of yeah. Spider-Man, and it's I don't want to say it's the follow-up but it kind of is Miles Morales Spider-Man it takes place in the same universe if you will. Yeah. Um I watched Cole play it. I tried to play the game. I I, I don't know what it is. It's about something about the web-slinging. I just I can't wrap my head around it and it's frustrating as hell to me. It
1: takes I'll tell you what it takes about an hour
0: to get used to it
1: cuz yeah. I had the same th- when I first when I first I only started playing it just before Christmas. I'd been kind of saving it for the Christmas break. And um, I'm first of all, I'm playing it on the Steam Deck. Yeah, I was going to ask phenomenal. which one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's on the Steam Deck, it's Spider Man Remastered, not tweaked any settings, just out of the box. It works and looks phenomenal. I mean, it really is amazing that you're playing a game like that in your hand. Um, and yeah, it really, really looks brilliant, absolutely. Um, but I had the same. I actually had the same issue Um, in the first hour or so I actually thought I'm not sure I'm going to play this because I was really struggling with the combat and um, I was definitely struggling with moving around the
0: city yeah I couldn't get to where I wanted to go I I want to go there but I'm swinging this way what the hell stop it it was and, frustrating. And yeah,
1: after about an hour, it, it kind of sets in. And all of a sudden, the combat, you start feeling it's a lot easier um, because you get the feel of the of the different moves you've got and, and what works, what doesn't. And yeah, also as well, moving around the city, the first thing you, you kind of have to get past is recognise that it the the way they designed it is if you run into a building, it's just not a problem. You just run over the building and then keep going. Um, or you jump off the building. And once you kind of get into that and, and then you get a rhythm for the swinging as well, then all of a sudden, you find, you know, you can, you'll get a waypoint that's like two and a half, three thousand meters away, and you think, oh, well, you know, well, that's going to be hard. And then, you know, two minutes later, you're there. It's just easy. You just run down the streets, you use the map, you swing in the middle of the streets, and it's not a problem at all. Um, and this is more so than any other game I've played. I played all the Batman Arkham um, games as well, which were also phenomenal. And they really did make you feel like, Um, You know, what it might be like to be Batman, but this, I tell you, this makes you feel like a superhero. You feel like you are a Spider-Man. It's an incredible... uh, It's incredible what they've achieved in this game because it really is... It's much more complicated in terms of what you have to do than Batman is, and yet you really do feel like you're you're living the life of spider-man it's it's very very well done the only the only issues i have with it as i said it looks incredible um there's loads to do in there it's all kind of most of it's you know really interesting there's not too many kind of lame side missions or anything like that the only problem i have with it is even you know this is now four years after the original it still has a couple of glitches in it i've had to a- I had one in, instance I was swinging to get some bad guys and I somehow inadvertently swung through inside one of the <laughs> skyscrapers. And and obviously, you know, in the game world, they're not, unless it's one that you're specifically designed to go into, they're not populated. They're just empty boxes. And I ended up inside it. I could see all the bad guys on the outside of the building. There was no way for me to get out again. I'm crawling around the inside of the building and trying to web up and down and, and this sort of thing. And I couldn't get out. Um, and I had to restart Uh, from a save to get past that and then i had another mission where you have these missions where sometimes people have been kidnapped basically what happens is is you have as you're swinging around normally if you're going for an objective as you get close to the objective then a crime gets reported near where you are and you have to decide whether you're going to go and deal with that and they have a lot of these um they have three four five different types of crimes and one of them is kidnapping and you have to try and find somebody's been kidnapped and stuffed into the boot of a car. Uh, I found the guy but the thing is the car he was in had been kind of merged with another car so the, the, the back of another car was on top of where he was which meant it was impossible to get to the trunk of the car that when the kidnapping victim is in and pull him out so i'm stood outside it and you can hear me shouting and banging on the banger let me out get me out i'm in here let me out and everyone's stood around going oh it sounds like there's a guy in there somebody should do something about that and i'm stood in front of it and i can't reach him because there's another car kind of merged on top
0: that's awful
1: So, well you know like it's this funny. is funny it's funny, yeah. Um it's as I say if it if it happened on a main mission I'd be pretty annoyed because it would prevent you from moving forward. On a side mission you just go, okay, well I guess I'm not doing that one. Um you know, and it, and it does show that there's a lot of complicated stuff going on. But I would I would a- absolutely recommend this game. It's phenomenal and I to me, I can't imagine anything better than being able to sit down and play it on a on the handheld.
0: Um, that, that's you know, the thing, the handheld for at least for me I can't do the Switch. I did the Switch for a while, but I did the one that docked, and I played most of the t- stuff on the TV. There's something about the Switch form factor that, and the size of the screen that just doesn't really work for me. I always wanted it to be a bigger screen, and the Steam Deck was exactly what I want with the Switch. It's exactly the right form factor, size. The screen's great. Um, can it be a better screen? Sure. And I'm sure the... Yeah. It'll get better over time and competitors will come out. Um, but it's one of those things that, as it is right now, especially for the price point, it's yeah, for the price point, you're getting a lot of gaming for the price point. Um, yeah. I think it's a phenomenal machine. I really, really, I highly recommend it to anybody. Um, definitely, it's
1: definitely the best thing I've bought this year and probably the last couple of years. Yeah. I, I really, really got to be honest, uh, you know, because I, I try a lot. You and I both, we try a lot of different things. And a lot of the things we try, we kind of think it's cool. We play around with it a bit and then we put it down and never touch
0: it again. Well, that's uh, the, the sp- problem. That's, well, you just described Spider-Man to me. Um, right. But it might be... Here's my problem with the Spider-Man game. I think I own it on the Xbox. It might be on the PS5, but I think it's on the Xbox, which is why Cole uh, had to come down here to play it. Uh, but maybe was it was... was... Come,
1: uh, no, it, wait, I think... I, I don't know whether... I don't think it ever... Uh, even with the remastered version, has it come out on the Xbox? I yes. don't, not I don't sure. know. I don't know. But there, it definitely was originally PlayStation exclusive, and it just came out on PC towards the end of this year. So... Uh, yeah. Anyway,
0: so here's my problem. I've got so many games on the PlayStation as well as the Xbox. I think the Xbox Game Pass thing is phenomenal, but yep. you can't use it with the Steam Deck.
1: Oh uh, well, not. Uh, it depends. I, in fact, I've because I, I want to play Halo Infinite,
0: and um, I,
1: I I've got it on the Xbox, but I just don't want to sit and play on my Xbox anymore. I want to play on the Steam Deck. So yep. I actually. Just the other day, um, put in another SD card in my Steam Deck and installed Windows on it and boot from that. And that means you can play uh, PC games. If you have the PC version of Xbox Game Pass, or like the Ultimate version or the PC-only version, that means you can play uh, Xbox Game Pass games that are
0: PC-compatible on a PC,
1: including the Steam Deck under Windows.
0: Well, I have um, another system coming for review. It's the Logitech G Cloud Gaming handheld. Oh, okay, all right, interesting. And it's yeah, it's was... basically the same thing as the Steam Deck, except it's not local; it's all streaming. Yeah, and it it's ties basically it's right. A, it... Go ahead. Yeah, it's an
1: Android. It's an Android tablet with
0: controllers on that you use. Yes and no, but it works yeah. with, and and they made a big deal of it works with the Xbox Live. Yeah, so you could do all of the, and it's it's streaming. So yeah, I've seen. Some games look like crap on it. They don't translate well, but most of the Xbox stuff does, and it works extremely well. So I've got this coming. It's going to arrive this week. I don't know anything more about it, but I've got an Xbox account. I've got hundreds of games that I can, well, thousands really, that I could stream. I'm looking forward to hitting some of the games that I already own that I never really got to, but I want to try it on, on this thing. Yeah. Um, But you said you were on vacation. This Spider-Man game was one that kind of helped you get through. But another one is something I do own on the Steam Deck, and I'm sure this is what you're playing it on as well. Um, I think it's a phenomenal collection of games, and that's the Atari 50, the anniversary celebration.
1: I was looking forward to this when it came out. Um, Me too. But I have to to say, when I actually got it, I was so blown away. Um, It's just so good. Because it's like... Don't, don't uh, play
0: Tempest I, on it. It sucks. Uh, <laughs> Tempest is a game it, you need a spitter. And it's,
1: yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I kind of enjoyed playing the arcade version of Tempest on there, but, but I, I'm not, I'm not uh, the aficionado that you are, because I know it's one of your favorites. Yeah. Um, but what, what I love about this is that, for a start, I think the, the curated games they've chosen, because they, it is the 50th anniversary collection, so it, it, this is effectively like if you had a, a coffee table book, but it was it's a video game this is what it's like because it's not just oh here's the video games from different collections every single game has interviews behind the scenes stuff um uh development prototype clips and stuff like that all this interesting information about these games and the time they came out in and that sort of thing and and that's why it's like a coffee table book it's like an interactive history it's almost like the um the old media DVDs we used to get back
0: in the 90s. Well, I I remember older video games you would get on like Xbox 360 or PS2 that would have a collection of old video games but included in there would be uh, like a sub-menu. You can go in and see the original uh, instructions. You can see the actual uh, box art and kind of rotate around. But this takes a step farther with actual interviews, video interviews with the creators of these games and I, it was yeah. fascinating, and this is available on every single platform except maybe Mac. I mean, it's, it is. It's on Steam, it's on Nintendo, it's on Xbox, PlayStation. Yeah. Um, if you have if you have any interest in retro video
1: games, you have to buy this. Well, they also only, go ahead. I know where you're going. Is, well, I was going to say not only not only is it is it really good, but um, it's phenomenal value. It's packed full of stuff, yep. and it's also got these these kind of. Where they've they've uh, well Atari's been doing this. It's the same company, I think. They've been doing these remastered versions of some of the classics. That some of them have been really really good. Yeah, the Yard game-
0: Revenge is my favorite. Of yeah, they they took the, exactly the same gameplay, most of the same type of sounds, but they are like updating the graphics to work, and, and so it looks better, and, and it then, almost has that ex, uh, that the uh, championship. Uh, pac-man thing with a glowing yeah. thing behind it it's phenomenal i like yeah. this this is, and, might now and, be my favorite version of yar's revenge
1: yeah uh they've they, they've done quite if they've done centipede they've done asteroids they're all called recharged
0: Gravitar. um
1: yeah grab and um, in fact gravatar recharged is my favorite i always loved Gravitar. i can see
0: that yeah it's yeah. really it, it's just well done
1: yeah, and and they've 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 not just put new graphics in, they've put new game mechanics in. They've tweaked the game mechanics to make them slightly different and Well, you make have to formal. with the new controller, and yeah,
0: you, you got to make it. But modern.
1: you know, I mean, Gravitar is actually quite different from the original game in terms of how it plays. Uh, but it's actually much more fun because, as as you would hope, um, they've kind of uh, they've they've modernised it. That's effectively what they've done. Also, what they've done in this collection, they've got some games that are. Um, uh, there's a vector game that effectively is brand new. It ma- it's a mashup, so they've taken four or five different old vector games and stuck them all together into a single game. I didn't play and that it was one. Really, really good.
0: Which one is that?
1: That's it's called Vex. I think it's called Vex or something like that. Oh, gotcha.
0: Yeah. I will and, say and, though, to to bring a little bit back to reality, some of the Jaguar games are unplayable. Um, yeah. <laughs> there, there's one that. You're in a car and you're racing around and something. I it didn't work at all. I couldn't get the yeah. car to move. I changed the views. I it was just awful. Yeah, but ninety percent of the stuff on there is really good. The, don't yeah. even bother with any of the Jaguar stuff. It's all completely no. broken, at least on the Steam Deck.
1: And, and uh, yeah, I yeah, I got got the impression with the, with the Jaguar, also the Lynx stuff as well, is that you know that <laughs> I know they were trying to show the whole sort of history of atari but actually that wasn't a great period no it wasn't
0: uh, it wasn't
1: it wasn't their finest hour that those systems uh and you can you can play the games you can understand why because they really kind of
0: <laughs> they're, suck. they're and, bad and,
1: and that was the time when you know the competitors their competitors were like the sega game gear and stuff like that way where, where effectively well, you nintendo
0: could, 64 was coming exactly and, yeah. yeah and you, it, it you, just,
1: you would just get that just basically atari was was a distant a distant remnant of what it used to be uh, and, it, and it just kind of shows why you know yeah it, i suppose for it, i think jack historical historical owned it at
0: that point and it was just bad
1: yeah i think i presume they included those because those systems are not then not very emulatable anywhere else no um, and well they're not, not here either because, because
0: man it sucks <laughs> exactly. it's, skip, it's just terrible skip all that stuff. yeah skip all that stuff uh, but the, all the uh, all the arcade stuff, the remaster stuff, the twenty six hundred, fifty two, and 7800 stuff, all works flawlessly. Works great, easy yeah. to play, except for Tempest that sucks because you need a spinner. <laughs> and
1: um, I, and I think I, I think it would be remiss of us not to mention that uh, Owen uh, uh, Owen Rubin, our good friend, uh, friend of the show, frequent uh, frequent guest on the show, um, who created major havoc at Atari, and his game is
0: is on there and well represented. Yep. I was hoping for an interview with him, though. Yeah, we'll
1: have to next time we speak to him. We'll have to see if we, if we, if they ever if he was ever approached on about that.
0: Yeah, because I was expecting yeah. him to be on there talking about it, and he says, "And you know, I talked about this a lot on the uh, Tech Fan podcast." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we should. Hey,
1: we <laughs> should. Plug. They should plug it. They, yeah, we, well, we've talked about it on the show. They should. Um, they should put put the shows we did with him where where he talks about it. in yeah, the collection. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Only fair. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a great video game. Uh, you you get a lot of content for just honestly unlimited play, really, because there's a game yeah. like Yars' Revenge. You you don't beat it; you just go until you die. You know, so there's yeah. no beating it. But that's kind of what <laughs> that, Atari was back then. There was no beating game. Well,
1: that's that's what games were. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like back when Atari was big, is uh, games weren't
1: they weren't like these bookended things. Um, and that brings me on to the other holiday mention yeah. here, which well, is which I, I is very much one. which is very much a throwback type of game, but um it's one of those ones that you kind of you'll hear about it and you'll on paper it doesn't sound very good, but then you play it and it gets its hooks into you and it's really, really addictive. And this is a game called Vampire Survivors. It like much like um Atari fifty, it's available everywhere. In fact, my favourite place to play it now, I I started playing it on Steam Deck, but um, my favourite place to play it is on mobile. It's on iOS and Android now. Um, and um, it's cheap. And it's while it has um, ads in it, you don't have to use the ads if you don't want to. It is literally, you pay your money, you play the game, and once you've paid your money, you don't have to uh, see any ads or anything like that again. So once the game? Is, so so the idea is is that um, as it says Vampire Survivors, you play in an arena and you are surrounded by monsters and you move around, all of your weapons fire on their own, so you don't fire anything. It's literally a case of and, and you there are thousands of monsters in this game. And as you play, you get more and more attacking you. And the idea is is just to survive, that to win a, a run, it's a it's a roguelite. So every time you go through you collect stuff and you collect gems and coins and stuff like that allows you to buy new powers and new weapons and then you get to keep those for the next run and the idea is is that if you can survive 30 minutes you've kind of beaten the level um and um it it kind of plays a little bit like a simplified gauntlet in that your weapons are firing on their own and you're surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of monsters and it's about can you survive um, and what's cool is that every single every single monster you kill drops a gem. As you pick the gems up, then you level up, and that allows you to level up your weapons. And in fairly short order, your where well, you start pretty weak and then before before you know it you're really kind of powerful but every every couple of minutes a new monster comes along that's even more powerful so it's about balancing up your leveling up against what the game throws at you and but if you get to those end things with the, uh towards the end of 30 minutes i mean you're literally the screen is full of monsters and you're in the middle and there's just a a mess of stuff going on as all these super powered weapons you've developed are, are going through and as I say, on paper, that doesn't sound particularly interesting, but it, it's really, really addictive. Um, it really is. The, the the mechanics they've built into this in terms of levelling up and keeping your interest with new stuff is really, really strong. And you'll easily burn through 10, 15 hours without even noticing how much time you spent on it. Um, after that, then it, you need to start thinking a bit more strategically about how you're going to play if you want to get the best like to, you know, really kind of find all the corners of the game in terms of uh, stuff to do. But um, it really is, it has this addictive uh, grind to it. And as I say, on a, on a phone, it's perfect because if you've got, you know, you're stood in the line or you're waiting for somebody or something, you've got five, ten minutes to kill, it's perfect for that.
0: Now, are you, just fire- you where, is it a virtual joystick that you're using or? Yeah, ba- basically, because you don't have
1: to fire the weapons. The weapons aim themselves, so right. all you have to do is move around the screen. And, all, and moving on the screen, the phone is—you uh, just basically use touch wherever the screen you want, and you move towards that direction. So it's really kind of easy. On obviously on the Steam Deck and, and other systems, then you can use a controller to move around with the joystick.
0: I, um, I've, so, the whole time you've been talking, I'm looking at a uh, IGN review. I've muted it, so I don't hear it. But I'm looking—it's yeah. just nothing but gameplay. It looks like I'm sure there's yeah. somebody talking, but. It, it it almost gives me a headache it's so much stuff going on on the screen though
1: yeah it gets busy pretty quickly but the thing is is it does ramp up so as you're playing through a run i mean literally at the beginning of the run you have to be careful because you can die fairly easily if you let too many monsters touch you um and you you have very limited weapons but that's the fun of it is that you know you kill the monsters you pick up the gems you you then start choosing what type of weapons you want to give to to allow yourself to get to yeah, all he, the end that's interstate. what he's
0: showing on the screen right now yeah.
1: And and really, it's one of those things where if you if you pick the right combinations of weapons, particularly for the different maps you're on, because they they call it a
0: Roomba of Death.
1: Yeah, exactly. You pick the right types of weapons, then you'll you'll reach that point. You've got to reach. You've got to be at that point where the weapons you've got are just good enough to kill the monsters that are attacking you. And then, as new monsters come along, you have to make sure that you. Uh, you pump the right upgrades there's also gem uh, uh, loot drops as well so some of the monsters have blue lines around them and they're tougher to kill if you kill one of those then you get a uh, a loot box which has coins in it that you can spend for permanent upgrades but also will juice some of your other weapons for free Um, and so those so you're basically constantly making these very subtle strategic choices are you should i go for a jet uh, a loot box now um and then when you do the which weapon should i upgrade which is the best should i buy a new weapon and kind of cover cover my base in a different way some of them are area effects some of them aren't or should i um you know uh, make make more powerful an existing weapon or existing defense i've already got so that's where this kind of strategy comes in and don't get me wrong this isn't the, the deepest game ever you know so no, you don't once need deep you... on
0: everything that you play no
1: you? exactly not and it's still it's still fun to come back to there's enough news they they did a a free downloadable content drop a couple of weeks ago that added quite a few new maps a couple of new weapons new monsters and uh, a couple of different levels and that kind of really really brought out a bit more longevity into it but you know it's one of these things where it's, it's like all games is you you, you kind of get halfway through the get the 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 gameplay and you think okay i've got this now um and you and th- at that point if you're not careful you can think oh well this is a bit boring because i know the weapons i like to upgrade to and once i've got those up to a good level then i've got a very good chance of getting to the end of the game of the end of the 30 minutes um but at that point you then have to yeah i mean for a start some of the upgrades you can buy actually makes the monsters harder to uh give yourself a bit more challenge uh and then and that that point as well you then have to start think, saying okay well now i start it starts to stuff well can i get through the game starting with a different weapon set or can i get through the game by deliberately not choosing a particular type of weapon um and then there are also there are hidden stuff on the maps where uh, it's hidden achievements that you start looking for as well which can be quite difficult to do when the screen is full of monsters and you've got all your Um, Yeah, all your Roomba of Death stuff going. It it Um, looks
0: interesting. I think I'll download it, especially because it's free. Play the free version for a while, and if I like it, pay for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, as I say, you you don't have to put up with it. The the video ads in it are quite long, um, but you don't need them. You only only watch the ads if you want a free revive or something like that. You don't need them. So it's, it's nice... It's like nice. this is a game which, in other, in, this is an independent studio. If if a big studio did it, you'd know it would be full of uh, all the horrible uh, freemium stuff. You know the uh, the forced cooldowns, the uh, pay to win type stuff, and everything. It has none of that in that, which is quite refreshing for it for a, a modern game. Uh, and yeah, I think it's definitely, uh, definitely a, a lot of fun for very little investment. And it, it's nice cause it's so old school. It really, uh, it really does. If you, if you love gauntlet, you're going to like this game.
0: I'm looking at what our next story and I'm very conflicted. Okay. This is the judge ruling declare studios potentially liable for deceptive movie trailers. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things that you think, well, come on, what what's the big deal? Um, movies change before they come out, but I have I have seen some trailers that what they showed me, what they advertised the movie is going to be, isn't even in the movie, and it's like, wait a minute, and they actually do. The, the one that prompted this uh, was from a movie called Yesterday. Yeah. And it's a good film, by the way. Was, I, I really liked it? Um, yeah. But there is a trailer that I saw that Anna De- Armas Anna De- yeah. Armas, she's gorgeous, she's beautiful. But she he plays the- her a song on a talk yeah. show, and yeah. that really did get my attention. I remember that scene in the mo- in the trailers, and then after I watched the movie, I thought, oh, they didn't have that scene in there. That sucked. That was a well, That seemed like no. Really they didn't good they don't have
1: that scene. They didn't have that character in there. She is no. completely. C- Apparently she was so. Uh, for for people who don't know who this uh, this lady is, she is the um, the one who played the uh, in um, the last James Bond movie. She's the girl in Cuba who said she was she was a new agent, didn't know what she was doing, and then kicked everyone's yeah. She's
0: behind. in a lot of movies lately. She's yeah, kind she's of the new hotness.
1: Exactly, yeah. She's a great she's a great actress. Um but yeah, apparently her role was cut from yesterday. She was sure. gonna be an she was gonna be an alternate love interest to the yep. main character. She was a nice
0: Greyman, Blade Runner, she was in exactly, a bunch of stuff yeah, recently. Yeah.
1: Um they decided, apparently for yesterday, that um having the extra love subplot wasn't necessary, so they cut her out. And this is the basis for the, the lawsuit. Now, I'm conflicted like you because I don't agree with the practice of Particularly the practice of, uh, and Marvel's been guilty of this, of filming stuff specifically for the trailer that you have no intention of putting in the main yeah. movie. Yeah, I I agree to, to some extent that that is effectively a deceptive practice. It's false advertising. You are advertising things that you're never going to see. And if you use that to lure people into the product and then it's not there, then you have deceived them. You've taken their money under false pretenses. That's I like saying... Kind of un-
0: that's like saying Apple showed uh, a 3D camera on their new iPhone in the ads. Yeah, that it yeah. takes true 3D. You don't have to use glasses, and it projects it up on the wall in 3D, and it's amazing. And it's nowhere to be found when they release the new iPhone.
1: Yeah, or that would yeah, be, I mean, the, the yeah, or the perhaps a good another recent example is these Metaverse ads that that Meta are running at the moment, which depict <laughs> a product and a technology that doesn't really exist. Correct, because the metaverse experience you get on their product uh, is nowhere near what they show you on the, on the, in the ads correct now the argument of course is that advertising in in as a as a as an industry as a as a um a concept is in fact misleading because their job is to sell things on you uh, and and we all know that that everything everything you see in an advert is pretty much exaggerated sure yeah,
0: yeah. and and but there's a difference I, I just, between exaggeration and outright
1: deception and this is where I, yeah, this is where i I think you and I probably come down on this, which is that actually this lawsuit is probably necessary because. As you say, exaggeration is one thing. Deception is another. And what we've seen in the movie industry is that they've moved away from exaggeration. We've all seen movies that had great trailers and sucked.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I I accept that. (laughs) What I don't accept is they show a, a, a character, you know... The new Avengers is coming on. Oh my God! There's Spider Man, and then Spider Man's not in the movie. <laughs> exactly. I said, Wait a minute! And, and that, this is I,
1: I, I yeah, and I think this is where the lawsuit is required because it's effectively it's a form of regulation. It's preventing the worst excesses of the industry. Yeah, and I'm amazed this, this
0: came is, out of the U.S. By the way.
1: <laughs> well, I've got to be honest. I mean, you read the numbers that have been claimed as damages. These guys, uh, the the two. Uh, it, I mean, it's a class action. Yep. case but the two lead uh, members of the class basically played what i think i think they paid 5.99 to rent it on 3.99, uh, Netflix, $3.99 on amazon prime or something uh and and then claim uh, obviously say well they they wouldn't have they, the argument is they would not have spent that rental money had they not known that anna de armas had been cut from the movie um and i i think part of the problem here is is that particularly nowadays you know when you and i were kids the trailer was the trailer was the trailer. And you went to the movie theatre, and that was where you saw the trailer, and that was the only place you were going to see the trailer. Um, Nowadays, the trailers are on YouTube, they're in um, puff pieces on entertainment sites, they're in talk shows, they're anything like that, and there's loads and loads of trailers. So really, if they make creative changes, such as cutting a character from the movie, there is no reason for the trailer showing the character to continue to be used. Exactly. Right? So that's that's part of the problem. The second problem, I think, is obviously this idea about, um, as as you say, depicting scenes in the trailer that don't exist. And and again, there's there's going to be arguments there because sometimes um, movie trailers they 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 might not depict scenes that don't exist, but they de, they kind of depict things that aren't in the
0: movie right to, you know to the, make you think one thing so they can surprise you in the movie I get that it, but yeah it's also but, like but, yeah you know what though you you can't outright lie about something
1: I, and I think and this is the thing it'd be interesting to see how this case develops um, and the, look the It is a real David and Goliath thing because obviously the movie industries have packs of lawyers and lots of money, uh, and movie movie companies don't like changing the way they do things because, as we've just we were discussing at the beginning of the episode, movie executives like to think that they know everything about everything, and uh, don't like people disagreeing with them. Mm -hmm. So you know, uh, this is going to be interesting. This should fall
0: under the creative expression of artists, but I disagree. I I do yeah. I don't think it does because if you show me one thing and you advertise this look at this this is in this movie and then it's not that's not a creative endeav- that's that's false advertising absolutely you can't I, you I can't do that, that yeah. shit you can't show yeah. Superman in the new Avengers movie and go ha, not really because we don't own him and he's nah, you have for it no that's yeah. horse shit you can't do that
1: yeah, and, and I, I think this is an interesting one because cutting an entire plot from a movie is legitimate creative expression. But then it's like, well, you shouldn't advertise. If you didn't think it was good enough to be in the movie, you shouldn't shouldn't be good enough to be in the trailer, really. No, they'll
0: say, well, but this is because, you know, we're still editing when the trailers are released. Well, then change. You then, don't yeah, have to then, advertise for a year ahead of time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or or you could, you know, make diff- different creative choices in your trailers. Yeah. To, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's... No, I, I, I'd i be really be interested to see because, you know, it's not, I don't think It was think the trailer
0: that made me watch this movie. It was. Yeah. I saw uh, but, the trailer I and I was like, yeah. what a great concept. He wakes up in a universe that the Beatles music doesn't exist. And he, and he knows that remem, he, he remembers, remembers it them. So and he, he goes goes and and becomes popular band. by yeah. doing the Beatles. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. my God, this guy's awesome. I, yeah, I thought it was it, a great concept. It really was. It's, it really know. was.
1: And, it, yeah, it's a fun movie. And, and um, the
0: guy's a great singer. I don't know if he's actually singing. I think he is. Um, uh, yeah. And he's he a good is. actor. It's
1: funny. He's, um, he, he's, he was on a, a, a famous British soap called EastEnders. That's where he came from. Um, and, uh, yeah, this was his big kind of movie break. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it's one of those... Typical English-style movies. It's not it, – it's big budget for an English movie. It's not big budget by Hollywood standards. No. Um, but, it, you know, it doesn't need to be for the story it's telling.
0: Well, I was um, talking last week about a show that, you know, monkey flu or swine flu or something breaks out and the whole world collapses. And Yeah. I tried watching I got a, a, a one and a half episodes in. I just couldn't watch it anymore. He is a key character at the beginning of it. Right. He looks totally different, but it's definitely him. Yeah. yeah um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it yeah, it, and, and they show this in this um, what was it slashfilm.com dot com article about this. They show a scene from Avengers um, Infinity War where the Hulk is running behind Captain America where well, he wasn't. Yeah, it was Bruce Banner in the Iron Man Armor. That's false advertising. Yeah. You're showing me a character that doesn't exist in this movie. Yeah, got to stop doing shit like that.
1: Yeah, Seriously. absolutely. I, yeah, I, I'm tired I, of
0: it myself. I don't no, like
1: it. I, well, no, that's not, I've just been railing at the movie industry at the beginning of the episode, so um, you know, I think you know where I come down on this. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll be honest, I'm at the point. <laughs> I, I think this is part of the uh, the embarrassment of riches that we have. Is that I just avoid the trailers now? I, you know, I don't. I don't need to be suckered into this stuff by a buy a fancy no, I, like,
0: I, I always like tra- watching trailers I, I've always liked it I always will I, I won't give up on trailers
1: yeah the, the problem for me is that they often they often ruin the movies well there is they, that you know, they
0: show too much know. sometimes
1: they show too much or somebody analyzes them and, and says, you know, oh, well, this this must happen. Or this, this this you know, the surprises in movies sometimes are fun. But you, the surprise should not be that, oh, that person I saw in the trailer isn't right. here. Darth
0: Vader's nowhere in Avengers. What the hell are they <coughs> like to me for? Um, but that being said, we do have to wrap up this episode of The Geek's Pub. We'd love to get feedback from you. It's the show at geekspubpodcast.com. Uh, we are on Twitter and Facebook, but we're under our sister show there, and that's yeah. Tech Fan. I hope you guys are listening to Tech Fan. Uh, we'll be back next week with an episode of Tech Fan. We've got some feedback on that. We love to get feedback on the Geeks Pub as well, and find us on Twitter under Tech Fan. Um, David, I will see you next week and talking about some tech stuff. Have a good one.
1: Bye.